0: awesome thanks so much duncan and a happy father's day from me as well Uh, we honor and appreciate and love all of our dads and so i hope that you'll have an amazing day don't forget to grab your cap i must get mine as well on the way out um i actually um had the best day yesterday this is uh this can be my father's day gift for many a year Uh, after 10 years of living in the same house we finally sorted out our garage can i get an amen (laughs) And uh, it's just awesome. It's beautiful. Uh, I can just sit there the whole day today and have the best Father's Day ever in a beautiful, clean space. All, all the dads, come on, amen. <laughs> Little man cave. That's a good one, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to also just update you. A Zambia trip going super well. we got our three guys out there having an amazing time. I just want to honor the families. Uh, I think uh, Chantal is here and Elanette and Laura Lay who are uh, without their dads on Father's Day, without uh, the kids' dads, and we honor you. For that, and uh, uh, we just want to pray uh, for you as well that you would have a good day. And uh, nonetheless, but it's going extremely well. They've had some incredible things happen. Uh, soccer shirts distributed to one of the kids' teams there. Uh, they had the opportunity even to bring devotion and an interview on their local radio. Uh, already, salvations happening in the villages where they go in and bring in the gospel. And so it's just amazing uh, that we're there. We're doing that. We're forming an amazing partnership with the Zambia Project. What a beautiful nation! And I'm just so thrilled about all that God's doing and what He's going to do through us uh, as we continue with that partnership so let's keep them in prayer they've still got this week uh, to, to go and then they'll be back uh, in time for next sunday and we'll create an opportunity to hear all about it uh, as soon as they are back all right um you know i don't really know many dad jokes but i thought we should probably um have at least one uh, since you know I, I need to get the ball rolling somehow uh so uh, all my golfing friends rion this one's for you you can use this for your boys as well i think it's a i think it's a good one Uh, Why does a golfer always take an extra pair of socks with him when he plays golf? In case he gets a hole in one. You can use that for your boys. You can use that. Uh, One more exciting little piece of news before I jump into the preach. I promise I'm getting there. uh, It's tomorrow we start the foundations on the project down below. So that's an exciting day. Uh, and so literally from tomorrow, you're going to see a lot of change happening. We're going ahead with the foundation work, and so things will start looking very different very quickly, but so grateful uh, for all the, all the work that's continued to go on, and so grateful for your partnership, for the way that you've all leaned into it. Uh, and we get in there, uh, and so all in God's perfect timing will be there, but just uh, really, really thrilled to be on the journey with all of you. So let's uh, thank God for that. Amen. Awesome. Yeah. Give it up. And uh, as Duncan said, we are in uh, the series called Look Up uh, in the Psalms. Uh, It's a series on learning how we can pray through our emotions. Uh, Emotions are a real thing. Emotions are a thing that God gives us, uh, that we all experience. And uh, Look Up just speaks to how do we look to God uh, to get us through, to help us through uh, various emotions that we may encounter. A couple of weeks ago, Vaughn actually kicked us off looking at fear and anxiety Uh, Last week, uh, Duncan, it was brilliant, looked at the emotion of anger, Uh, and if you've missed any of those, I'd really encourage you to go back and watch them on YouTube, they were so, so good. Uh, And today, we're continuing with this, and the emotion that we're going to be looking at today, uh, I think is actually an emotion that many of us go through, many of us deal with, but probably not one that many of us speak about, Uh, and it's the emotion of loneliness. I think even this morning. You might be sitting there uh, in a place of actual loneliness. You might know exactly what I'm talking about because you're in that place right now. And uh, it's an emotion. Uh, as we've already said, loneliness um, is, is, is something that God gives us because it's, uh, it's an emotion that he has created and so there are no emotions that are in and of themselves bad. There aren't such a thing as bad emotions, uh, but it's what we do with them. It's how we pray through them and process them is what's important and that's what we're really wanting to do uh, through this series and so this morning as you think about it and you you think about what does what comes to mind when I say loneliness is it something that you've gone through is it something that you're currently going through uh, as we think about it I want to just uh, differentiate right up front about the difference between loneliness and aloneness okay those are two different things and it's important for us to uh, see the difference between them you know aloneness Uh, can actually be a good thing it can actually be a healthy thing it can be a refreshing thing for our soul Uh, parents in the room i'm sure you say this on a regular basis can i just be left alone for five minutes yes i know all the all the parents know exactly what i'm talking about it's like can i just go to the toilet for five minutes i will be out Uh, but uh, aloneness it's something that's actually good uh, all the introverts know what I'm talking about. Uh, for you, you could never get enough aloneness, right? In fact, if you remember back to the days of lockdown, for the introverts, that was some of the best months of your life. You loved it. You're like, can we do that every year, once a year? I love it. Oh, for those of us who are more extroverts, it was the worst. We were the ones phoning up our mates saying, hey, can you meet me in the Woolies queue even though we have to stand two meters apart from each other just so I can see you. Uh, But, you know, that's how we're different. Um, But aloneness is actually something that's super important. Another word for aloneness, it's actually spiritual discipline uh, called solitude. Uh, And we find that right throughout the Bible that the importance of solitude as an intentional withdrawal away from people Uh, It's something that can be refreshing. It can be rejuvenating for us. It can be so good for our souls. Uh, Solitude can bring perspective and it can bring clarity to our thoughts. And most importantly, solitude can create opportunity for high quality times of prayer with God, with your Father. And so these things are good. Aloneness is good. In fact, Jesus himself, uh, right throughout the uh, Gospels, we see he did this. He withdrew from the crowd often. Uh, for example Luke chapter 5 15 to 16 it says despite Jesus's instructions I love it humans despite his instructions the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and be healed of their diseases verse 16 says but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer he knew the importance of withdrawing of solitude and aloneness now I love people, I love being around people, I love Sundays because I I leave Sundays on a high, I'm buzzing because I get to spend uh, so much time interacting with you. Just turn to the person next to you and say, you're awesome. All these awesome people get to do this three times a day every Sunday and it's awesome, I love it. I I, I tell often young people who are wanting to go into ministry, you'd better love people (laughs) because it's all about people and you're going to be spending a lot of time with people. And so I absolutely love it. Uh, In fact, I once did an experiment uh, on a Sunday because I thought, I wonder how many conversations I actually have, like just small conversations throughout the day. And uh, I stopped counting when it got into the hundreds. (laughs) That's how many conversations I'll have throughout the day at church on any given Sunday. And I absolutely love it. Uh, I leave here, I suppose, and then Mondays. you know, I get home on a, on a Sunday night, my, my throat's a bit sore, but I'm, I'm buzzing. Mondays we go into the office, and it's quite a busy day uh, in the office for us on a Monday, and so there's lots of meetings, and there's lots of interaction with people, uh, and so that continues. And then by the time I know, in the back of my mind, I know that by the time I get to Monday afternoon, late in the afternoon, I know that there's going to be a period of time, there's going to be a few minutes, that I'm going to be all alone, I'm going to be in solitude, and I'm going to have just those few minutes to gather my thoughts, to reflect on the awesomeness of the people around me, an opportunity to speak to God in the quiet. And I long for that. My soul is refreshed in those sort of moments. It's good for us. But what all of this that I'm describing is, is, is not loneliness. It's different because this is good for the soul. But loneliness is different to aloneness. In actual fact, loneliness is deeply, dad of the year, there we go, (laughs) Uh, loneliness is deeply hurtful, it's painful. You know, unlike intentional aloneness that we can have some degree of control over, loneliness is something that sweeps over us, It, it can overtake us, it can put us in a feeling of we've got no control over it, it's like a cloud that comes over us no matter how hard we try, this pain of Loneliness is just sitting deep within us. Actually, there's an emotions wheel that a lot of counselors will use uh, when helping people. And on that wheel, it describes all the emotions. But loneliness on that wheel comes from the main emotion of sadness. Loneliness you, is a sadness that's very deep within you. There's other uncomfortable adjectives on the chart that accompany uh, loneliness, such as hurt and Disappointment. And so these things combine, leave you in a place of feeling deeply lonely. I don't know if you've ever experienced the feeling that no one is with you, that no one cares, that no one understands. Have you ever felt, I am all alone, there's no one around me. It's amazing that we can live on a planet and be surrounded by 8 billion people and yet still feel completely alone. I don't know if you've experienced that in your life. I think there's, there's a lot of things that can bring that about in our lives. I think those of you who have lost a loved one will know exactly what I'm talking about. It can take you into this place of sudden loneliness. You've been left alone. If at the end of a, of a relationship that is just gone can leave you in that place of suddenly you feeling all alone. Even smaller things like moving to a different part of the country or moving house, you can suddenly feel there's no one around me. I'm, I'm all alone. These are the type of things that can bring on uh, the feeling of loneliness, of isolation. And what happens is loneliness can have this effect on us, and it affects us physically, and it affects us emotionally, and it even affects us spiritually, because it causes this very deep sadness in our soul. And how many of you know that there is only one who is able to revive our soul, and that is God Himself? Amen we can feel it you know we can experience it and the truth of the matter is that God never created us to be alone God's design for us was never that we would be alone it's the opposite of that in every way because God himself says that he desires relationship and friendship and um, communion with us but he says he wants us to reciprocate that to those around us he wants us to offer friendship and communion and relationship with the people around us the same way that he desires that from us. We are designed for it, for relationship. So, David, as we've been looking at, he's written so many of these amazing Psalms, the majority of the Psalms. He was an incredible man of God, he was incredibly talented. But he was so open about his own struggles and his own spiritual battles. And there's a number of psalms where he talks about his own loneliness. And so he's this amazing giant for God. But we also know the reality that he struggled with stuff like loneliness himself. Many times over we read about it. But every single time that David speaks about loneliness, what we see happening is he ends up at the exact same response. And the the response is to remember To remember who God is, to remember what God has done, to remember what God says about himself. Every single time, that's where David lands. To remember. And the same response, to remember, is available to you and to me today. It's one of the greatest handles I can give you. To remember who God is, what he's done, and what he says about himself. When these feelings of loneliness overwhelm us, when they consume us, we can remember the truth of what God says, even in that space, of deep loneliness. Uh, remember that emotions such as loneliness can cause us to feel that there are things hidden in the dark, right? This is one of the biggest things that all that God is, is always to bring light to dark places. And so, in times of loneliness where we feel that there are things hidden in the dark, God says no, He wants to bring light to every situation and every emotion that we go through. So, in those dark places, there's lies uh, that, that we can tend to believe. That are not true. When we're feeling lonely, when we're in the emotion of loneliness, there are lies such as I'm all alone. I, I just want to remind you that's not true. God, we need to remember that God must shine his light when we feel we're all alone. That nobody sees me, it's a lie. That nobody knows what I'm going through. We can feel that, but I want to remind you that that's a lie. God needs to shine his light in that. That I will always feel this way. Or that I feel this way because my faith isn't strong enough. You see how quickly we can believe these lies that are not true, that can keep them in the dark, but God says no, he wants to bring his light into the space. Because believing these lies can cause us to go down a slippery path very quickly. We can easily try to escape dealing with what we need to deal with on this emotion and try to keep it in the dark and kind of push it aside. And so we can throw ourselves at things that don't help. So we throw ourselves at mindless scrolling through social media, amen, through food, through money, through things. We throw ourselves at things because we don't want to deal with what's in the dark. We don't want to let God shine his light in that space. And, and what David is reminding us so brilliantly is that he's saying, no, God wants to shine his light. We want, he, want, he wants us to remember who he is, even in this place of loneliness, and so this morning, I want to look at two fundamental truths. So if you're taking down notes, I'll ask you to jot these down to help you when we deal with this. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with in your own life right now. Maybe there's a friend of yours that you want to be able to help in this. And so two fundamental truths, and then I'm going to give four handles for us after that. The first fundamental truth to remember in a place of loneliness is that you were created for relationship with others. You were created for relationship with others. And so the truth of the matter is that loneliness is no new thing. It's been around forever. Right throughout the Bible, we we see that loneliness was experienced by so many giants of the faith. Not only David, but right from Jacob and Moses and Job and Nehemiah, a lot of these giants of the faith also experienced it. it's not a new thing. And then Jesus himself was described as he came to the end of his ministry here on earth. He was actually described as a man of sorrows, stricken with grief, rejected by his own people. That sounds like loneliness to me. Jesus knows what this is. And even if we go right to the very beginning when God created Adam, it didn't take very long for Adam to feel lonely, right? And so what did God do? He created Eve, a companion for him, to remove that loneliness. It's been right from the beginning. And God knew that we were never built to be alone. We weren't created that way. And so he created a way for us to have deep and meaningful and life-giving relationships with other people. And for some of us this morning, you need to just hear this again, that relationships matter. You were designed and built for relationships with those around you. It's so, so important. And so the question I suppose to ask this morning is how are those relationships going? How are the relationships in your life going with your spouse and with your family and with your friends? It's a good question for us to ask. Are these relationships life-giving or aren't they? Is your relationship with the next person life-giving or isn't it? Because it's so important that we keep these relationships strong. We're designed for relationships with others. And so we need to make sure that we are constantly, intentionally nurturing these relationships so that they will be everything that God designed for them to be. It's up to us. And so when we stop intentionally nurturing our relationships, when we stop intentionally cultivating the relationships that God has given us, I want to tell you that very quickly we can slip into a place of loneliness. But I want to remind you this morning that it is up to you, that the responsibility to nurture, the responsibility to cultivate relationships is up to you. And so I want to remind you this morning, how are you doing with that? Ask yourself, how is it going with your spouse? How is it going with your family? How is it going with your friends that God has given you? Are you nurturing them? Are you cultivating them to be the life-given relationships that God would want them to be? Amen? That's number one. You were created for relationships with others. Second fundamental truth to remember in times of loneliness is that you were created for relationship with God. It's another aspect of why we were created. Did you know that even Jesus knew the disappointment that would be a reality with his closest friends on earth? Before his death, when he was speaking to his disciples, he said to them in John 16:32 that, behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. And then he says, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. Isn't that an awesome promise this morning, that, that, that we were created for relationship with each other, but even at times when our friends disappoint us or our family fails us, even when our human relationships can cause us to feel hurt and harm and loneliness, we need to echo those beautiful words of Jesus, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Some of you just need to hear that again this morning. You're not alone, your Father is with you. If you wonder how much your father loves you, you just have to read the words afresh from Romans eight thirty-eight. I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What kind of love is that, Amen. And that's the access that you have to a father who will never leave you alone. He can't leave you. And we need to remember in times of of dealing with this emotion of loneliness that there are these two big truths. We created for relationship with others and we are created for relationship with God. As always with dealing with emotions, uh, all of them including loneliness, it can feel like a big mountain to climb. If you've been in this place of deep loneliness, of hurtful loneliness, it feels like a mountain in front of you. How will you ever process? How will you ever pray through this? Anger last week can feel like a massive mountain in front of us. How do we get over that mountain? It's the same with all of the emotions. But whether you're dealing with it now yourself, whether there's someone in your life that you want to help deal with this aspect of loneliness, what I want to do this morning is just give you some four very practical handles that as you pray through these that it would be like handles to climb that mountain and I think David is so brilliant with this again he's helping us to learn that it's praying through the emotions that gets us to the other side of it so when we're feeling overcome with loneliness God wants to remind us again that we can come to him with every one of our emotions There is no emotion that's new to God. There's no emotion that God has not gone through. And he wants us to know, again, you can come to him. You can come to him even with your loneliness. Because he knows you. He created you. There's nothing that he doesn't know. Psalm 139 is so brilliant. And it's telling us that God is fully aware of every aspect and emotion that we might encounter in this life. And so it tells us things that uh, God has examined us. That God knows us completely. you know that there is no one that knows you completely, but God? He knows us. It says that we can never escape from his presence. How awesome is that? That he made every part of us. That God made us wonderfully complex. Don't you love it? Who loves being wonderfully complex? I love it. That's how God made us. He watches over us. He wove us together. I love this one. He records every day in his book. Isn't that amazing? Every day of your life, whether a good day or a bad day, God records in his book. He knows all about it. He has laid out our every movement. And then it says that God's thoughts towards us are so precious that they cannot be counted. That is God. That is how well God knows us. And so we can come to him. With our emotions, we can come to him with our loneliness, with the confidence that he is listening, that he understands, that he cares, that he already knows, and most importantly, that he restores hope. Amen. My prayer for you this morning, if you're in this place, is that God would move you closer to a place of restoring hope in your life. So We're going to look at these four practical handles. They're actually from Psalm 142, about praying through loneliness. It's a point in David's life to give some context to this, uh, where David was actually on the run. You might know the story in the Bible, but David's on the run from Saul. So he's been driven away from his friends and his family. He's on the run. Saul is out there. He's trying to kill him. Saul is angry and he's jealous and he's mad. He's been chasing David all over the place and he wants him dead. And so that was a whole lot of unrighteous anger uh, that was last week's preach over there. But he was not glad, he was just mad. And he wanted David dead. And so this is what's happening. And in 1 Samuel we read that David had escaped to a cave. And so now you might be wondering uh, if David escaped to a cave Uh, And he's all alone in this cave in a dark and gloomy space. That's maybe what brought about his loneliness. That would kind of make sense. Um, But we carry on reading in 1 Samuel, and we read that all of his brothers and all of his father's households heard about it. And they went and they joined him there, and there were about 400 people in total in this cave. Okay? So he's not all alone. Uh, And so why would David write about loneliness In a cave that he's surrounded with 400 men it doesn't quite make sense but when we start reading about the type of men that he was surrounded with we get a bit of a clue and so have a look at uh, for first samuel 22 verse 2 it says and everyone this is who david was now surrounded with who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him and he became the commander over them And there were with him about 400 men. So this gives us a little bit of a clue. How much fun does that sound like? You're on the run and suddenly you're surrounded by 400 men who are in distress, who are in debt, and who are bitter in soul. How much fun does that sound like? And David was the commander over them. Crazy. And so you get to start to understand why he felt lonely. So he's surrounded by 400 men, but he feels lonely. He has to cry to God because he's lonely. But it starts to make a little bit of sense because he couldn't confide in them and they weren't a comfort to him. And so suddenly he's all alone and he cries out to God. And so he sits down to write the psalm. And what I love about it is the psalm is so descriptive because he's in this place. And I can just picture him sitting down, you know, he cried out, can I have, I know your spirits are in in distress, but can I have five minutes to myself, I need to just write to God. And so he writes the psalm, and it's so descriptive, and it's going to be so helpful to us. We can read it together, this is what he says, Psalm 142, it says, with my voice I cry out to the Lord, hear that, cry out to the Lord, with my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit, listen to this, faints within me, right? You know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look at the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. Anyone ever felt that way? No refuge remains to me. Listen to this one. No one cares for my soul. Have you ever said that? Verse five, I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge my portion in the land of the living. Listen how it changes. Verse six, attend to my cry for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are too strong for me. And then verse seven, bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me for you will deal bountifully with me. See how there was a progression. We're gonna talk about this progression in this prayer that he cries out to God. And so there's four aspects, you can jot these down uh, this morning, four handles uh, that I believe will be very helpful for us when we're in a place of loneliness. The first thing as we pray through our loneliness is to put words to your emotion. I don't know if you noticed it over there, but in verse 1, the phrases of, I cry out, I plead, I express myself in, in, in this prayer. Now I can't imagine that for David this was a quiet prayer. I can imagine he found a little section of the cave where there was a little bit of privacy and he screamed out. I mean, when it says cried out, I believe he cried out. He was himself in such a lonely place. And so there's nothing wrong uh, like David did over here. You see, it, it, it speaks of the pressure that he was under. It was such a great pressure. His loneliness was pressing on him like that cloud so heavily on him that it physically causes him to cry out aloud to God. And do you know that that is okay that you're allowed to do that now maybe not when the rest of your family is in the house because they'll think something's going on but maybe when you're alone you can cry out to god you can plead to him you can shout out to him there's nothing wrong with it as you pray through your loneliness even jesus himself we read in hebrews it says in the days of his flesh jesus offered up prayers and supplications with what with loud cries and tears Jesus himself cried out to his father. It's put in words to your emotions. And David in the psalm repeats this line again and again and again, that I cry out to, Lord, to the Lord. I believe it was a physical loud crying out. But what it's shown us is that we need to come authentically to God. Amen? That you don't need to worry about how you come to him. You don't need to worry about the airs and graces or whatever the case is. You just come as you are. You come authentically to God and you cry out to him, unfiltered, telling God how you feel, not leaving anything out. You, you need to learn how to put words to your prayer as you pray through an emotion like loneliness. And you see that this is just the first step. There's four steps that we see here. This is the very first step of David moving from the darkness of loneliness into the light of relationship. It's by expressing to God, expressing to your creator how you feel. It's about being open and honest exactly about where you are. Because God, as we read in, the, in Psalm 139, knows you perfectly. He already knows how you're feeling. And so he just says, come to me and be honest and open. Use your words. Put words to your emotions. That's number one. Is that good this morning? Number two is to put pictures to your emotion. You need to start learning how to put pictures to your emotion. Verse 2 says, I pour out. Or it says, I tell. So what's happening over here is David is going even further than just words. He's painting a picture. He's laying it all out for God. He's saying, this is it. This is what it looks like. This is all, everything that I'm going through. He's pouring his heart out. He even says in verse 4, there's no one who will help me. No one cares a little bit about how I'm feeling. Have you ever felt like that? Nobody cares. Nobody knows. God wants you to lay that out, everything that you feel. in God, I just feel that nobody cares. Lay it out, spew it out before him. Paint a picture of exactly how it is that you feel. And you need to take it to God in that way. Lay it out completely for him. It's the second uh, lesson we learn, the second handle we learn from David uh, in praying through the emotion of loneliness is put pictures to your emotions. The third one, is to remember that God already knows. I think this is the best one for me. That God already knows. Verse three says, you knew my path. He already knew everything that was gonna happen. And so even though David's enemies had set traps for him, David acknowledges that the only one who already knew his path in advance was God. And so I don't know where you are right now today, and I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know if you're in a lonely place, but what I do know is that God already knows. He already knows your path. He already knows what you're going through. And that is such a comfort to us. Because I think one of the hardest things that we can experience in life is that we feel like people don't know us. It's one of the hardest things that people don't know us. It's even harder when the people that you think should know you actually don't know you. It's one of the hardest things. It's it's one of the easiest ways to feel lonely is that type of those type of moments but even those who do know us pretty well might not know the full depth of our fears they might not know the full depth of our feelings because David is reminding us that to be truly known the only way to be fully known is in God amen he's the only one and so we need to come to him with that knowing that he already knows what we're going through Other translations of that verse 3 say that when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, that your spirit is just overwhelmed within you. And that's what happens in these times of loneliness. You feel overwhelmed by it. But David is saying, remember God already knows that. He knows exactly how you feel in. There is not a single emotion that we experience that Jesus hasn't experienced. I just want to remind you of that this morning. There is not one of the emotions that that you will go through in this life that Jesus didn't go through. He's gone through it all. He knows all the emotions. He's gone through loneliness. And so when we come to him to pray through an emotion like loneliness, we don't have to wonder how am I going to bring this to God because God already knows. He's fully aware already. And so we can just come to him as we are, as we have the surety that God has seen this before. He's been there before. He's been through it before. That should build up a courage within ourselves to be able to come and lay it all out in front of him. Amen. Awesome. We've got time for one more. The band can join me on stage. The last handle that I want to give you from this psalm is to remember God's provision. This is such a big one. Remember God's provision. Verse 5 says that you are my portion in the land of the living, right? And so... What we see happening over here and this is so common throughout the psalms we see the psalmist start in one tone and move to a different tone as he gets to the end of it Uh, and this is exactly what's happening here we start to sense a change in how david is speaking as he gets to this part of the psalm because what's happening is david has moved through the process the process of praying through this emotion Of loneliness in this situation and what we suddenly see starting to happen is that the emotion of loneliness that was taken center stage in David's life is being moved off to side stage so that God can be moved back into center stage that's what's happening over here and that is the most important thing for us to get to it can't just happen like that there's a process to get there but we need to get to a place where we say this emotion that has overwhelmed me because it's taken center stage in my life is actually taking the place of where God should be and so as we pray as we get to that and I just love that he gets to that He's suddenly reminded oh God you are my portion you are my provision you are everything that I need suddenly perspective starts coming back to David and he switches out that feeling of of loneliness for actually the truth that no God is my provider and moving him back in over there I just love that so much How awesome that the God who is our refuge and the God who is our provision is there with us. He's with us. He's at our side. Whatever emotion you are struggling with, including loneliness, I want to remind you this morning, God is there ready. He's by your side through it. We see David get to that place. And then as we move right to the end of the psalm, the last verse, 7, it's the best verse. Because we see that this progression of the change in tone carries on. And David says in verse 7 no wait a minute he remembers he says no wait a minute I know that God will bring me through this because he's done it before right and so he's reminding himself no God's gonna get me through this and then he says I'm gonna give Thanksgiving to God we need to get to the place of being able to say no God's gonna get me through this I'm bringing him back perspective I'm gonna give Thanksgiving to God right now in this moment And then he says that God is going to deal bountifully with me. In other words, God is for me. Amen. He's not against me. And there's that change in perspective. But the thing that we're learning from the song uh, is is you can't just jump to the end. When you're dealing with loneliness, you you have to pray through it. You have to put your emotions into words. You have to uh, put your emotion into pictures. You have to remember that God already knows. And then you're starting to get to the place of, Oh, yes, he's my provider. I'm going to give thanks to him. He's going to deal bountifully with me because he loves me. Amen. I really just want to pray tonight, uh, this, this morning, that if you're in a place of loneliness, that you'd start to see some of the light this morning, that maybe you just need to take that first step of putting some words to your emotion of loneliness. Maybe you need to take the second step of putting the picture to it. The third step of remembering, no, God actually, this is, this is a big one. God already knows. I forgot God already knows. To get to that final step of saying, no, he's my provider and I'm going to give him thanks. And so would you stand up with me this morning? We've got the opportunity to spend a couple of more minutes just crying out to God in song. And, and maybe for you, this is your opportunity just to cry out to him as we remember another truth that, hey God, you're my light and you're my salvation. I have no reason to fear. And I pray that as we do this now, God would do some incredibly beautiful work in every heart. Awesome, let's sing together.